0: How much of a rebuild is Cincinnati's offense going to undergo in 2023? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. And we thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it so you can get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash lockdown today to get. Started Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So, the Bearcats offense is going to be in a rebuild, and I think that's okay. I think, and here's something interesting because a lot of Bearcat fans, I'm not really sure what their expectations are for this season. I've talked to Bearcat fans since Scott Satterfield was hired in early December, and they're they're middle of the road. They don't really they're not you know leaning heavily one side or the other in terms of optimism and, pep- and pessimism. But at the same time, I think there is definitely reason for optimism. It's why I am on that side. Scott Satterfield has not coached a game yet, so how can you conclude your thoughts on him? And here's something interesting. So last year in college football, there were 29 first-year head coaches. Of those 29, of the 29 first-year head coaches, 12 led their programs to winning seasons. Five had 500 seasons. So 17 of the 29 first-year head coaches had a 500 or better season. And again, it goes back to what I talked about earlier this month about relevancy and appreciating that the Bearcats are relevant. The Bearcats have made a bowl game 13 times in the last 16 years. That's not something that you should take for granted. Like, the Bearcats, considering what they were as a program in uh, name any point in time since before – I guess Rick Mentor came around, and Gino Gadulli, and Mark D'Antonio, like in the early 90s, when they were blown out by Penn State 81 to nothing. You don't want to go back to those times. And again, the Bearcats don't have the historic pedigree of your college football blue bloods. So 13 bowl games in 16 years for the Bearcats, and all of those years have come in non-Power 5 leagues, that's pretty impressive. And considering that in four of those, they went to a BCS or New Year's Six Bowl, that's something you should be proud of as a Bearcats fan. Because as Luke Fickle said, and yes, I'm bringing Luke Fickle into this, he said in the press conference, college football is 5% the best teams, 5% the worst teams, and then 90% the middle. So if you're making 13, the Bearcats are in that 90%. If you're making a bowl game 13 times in 16 years, you're doing something right. That should be the expectation for this year. Now, here's where I think the rebuild comes into play. So, of the 29 first-year head coaches last year, only 11 were on the op- were offensive-minded. Only 11 had an offensive background, and of those 11 first-year head coaches, one, two, five, six, seven, eight of them, eight teams saw their offensive yards per game increase. That's good. So the Bearcats, I think, are in good hands with Scott Satterfield, offensive-minded coach, former quarterback. You know, we saw Malik Cunningham and his growth at Louisville. The Bearcats are in a good spot right now. You may not think that, and that's understandable. I I, I wonder, and I'm going to ask Russ this later today, in our live room at 1230, 1230 Eastern time. I'm going to ask Russ later today what he thinks about since Scott Satterfield was hired. What, what's what's today's day? January 25th? And he was hired December 5th. So it's been 50, oh, he was hired December 4th, I think, or whatever, whatever the time it was. He was introduced December 5th. Let's go with that. So it's been 27, 52 days. It's been 52 days, 52 days or 51 days. So over seven weeks, what the pulse of the Bearcat fan base is like. Because I am saying, I'm saying that I am still optimistic. After what Scott Satterfield has done throughout his career, after the transfer portal, the first entry window of the transfer portal, yes, the Bearcats lost some key players. They also got some good players. And they also retain some key players and coaches, so I think there's a lot to like so far. Now we look at the offense, and obviously there are two positions in need of a re- badly in need of a rebuild: wide receiver and offensive line. Wide receiver right now, and this is going off of Justin Williams' article in the Athletic earlier this week analyzing the depth chart. I'm looking at wide receiver, and I'm seeing Chris Scott, I'm seeing Donovan Alley, I'm seeing Sterling Burkhalter, D. Wiggins, and Keyshawn Helton as potential starters, and then your potential contributors, Marcus Peterson, Barry Jackson, and Ty Perkins. So the wide receiver room, as it is right now, it's not very experienced. There's not a name that stands out to you like there was last year going into 2022 or going into 2021. This is going to, this is going to be a massive rebuild. And so I think that's where your transfer portal comes in Maybe the Bearcats will land some more in the next transfer portal entry window. But that is a position that is going to look completely different. Offensive line. Right now, there's only one returning starter. Gavin Gerhardt and then Justin Williams also pegs Trevor Radasevich, Luke Kendra, Cam Jones, John Williams, D'Artagnan, Tinsley, Ethan Green, Philip Wilder as potential starters, contributors. Mayo Glenn II, Landon Fickle, Jonathan Harder. Luke, Dalton, Joshua, Gregory, Evan, uh, Tengestal. So, I, I mean, I look at those names, and I just think about, yes, it is still frustrating, still seven weeks later. The offensive line is going to be in a rebuild. This is a position that has been a position of strength for Cincinnati over the last five years. It, it, it It's what drove this offense. It's what allowed Cincinnati to, to win two straight conference championships, play for three straight. And right now, I I look at the roster, I I mean, I haven't seen action from any of these guys. The only guy I've seen action from is Gavin Gerhardt. And last year, he was summoned in to start after the injury to Jake Renfro. So yeah, there, there is definitely some concern there. There's concern at your playmaker position, which you do need some in the Big 12. This is not the American Athletic Conference where you can skate by bad teams. You can't skate by bad teams in the Big 12. And so again, there's reason for hope when you see, oh, okay, so 17 of the 29 first-year head coaches last year had a 500- or better season. Oh, of the 11 offensive-minded head coaches, eight of them saw their offense increase from 2021 in terms of offensive yards per game. Those are all great signs. And I think the Bearcats could be one of those in 2023. Coming up, so (laughs) about the wide receiver room, um, we don't even know who's going to start a wide receiver, but what could the target share look like? I'll offer my first analysis of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel. So we've got the conference championship games in the NFL this Sunday, including the Bengals and the Chiefs right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. The Bengals are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. A one and a half point favorite. The over-under is at 47 and a half. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports, Betty Bardner for lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets. $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first five dollar bet. Joint, just sign up at fanDuel.com/slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So I like the Bengals at one and a half this weekend. I think they cover. I've got them winning by three to be exact, 24-21. Niners and Eagles, another great game, plus minus two and a half. I think it's going to be under 46.5. I see a very physical, defensive, in-the-trenches battle in Philadelphia. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place plus here from big name experts, insiders, coaches and players. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank back with you, your host right here on Lockdown Bearcats. So the wide receiver room, we just talked about who could be potential starters and contributors. Well, what could the target share look like? I mean, it, it I would say Based off what Donovan Ali, did, Donovan Ali did at Washington State, I think right now he's the best number one option. When we look at what he did at Washington State, all he did was gradually get better and got more experience. And he played in a pass-centric, offensive-centric Pac-12 conference. So in 2021, in 11 games, 26 catches, 301 yards, and a touchdown. Last year, 43 catches, 491 yards, and three touchdowns. So, And that was in 12 games. For the Cougars, so gradually getting better. That's good to see. Then we've got, um, then we've got um, Chris Scott. I, I, by the way, uh, Donovan Ali, Excuse me. I think thirty-five to forty percent of the targets go to him. Chris Scott, twenty-five to thirty percent. Chris Scott. We haven't really seen a lot of, but he's one of those names. I feel like that you just know. When you look at the wide receiver room right now, I mean, there are so many players who either moved on into the transfer portal or, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, guys who we knew over the last few years, they're not here. Chris Scott, you know, but you haven't seen a lot of him yet, but he's going to have to take on a big role this year. Sterling Burkhalter, I think 15 to 20% of the targets go to him, brings experience from North Carolina a and and then D Wiggins. D. Wiggins is interesting because um, he hasn't played a lot recently, but I think he can still bring something to the team. Right now, the Bearcats just need bodies at wide receiver. I mean, that's how thin they are. D. Wiggins, in his college career with Miami, Florida, um, didn't play last year at Louisville. Played in only two games in 2021, but in 2020, in 10 games, 31 catches, 358 yards, three touchdowns, average 11.5 yards per catch. Average 16.8 yards per catch in 2019, 20 receptions, 335 yards, and four touchdowns in 10 games. That's pretty good. So I look at this roster, and I look at the transfers who've come in, I say to myself, okay, there's some potential there. I think Wiggins will wind up getting 5 to 10% of the target. Now, this is assuming Chris Scott can work his way into the lineup. I mean, right now, I don't know who is going to find their way into this lineup. Maybe it's some receiver we don't know a lot about. Maybe it's a guy like Ashton caller but we simply do not know. Ali has the most experience. Wiggins has some, even though he hasn't played much recently. I'm excited to see what Chris Scott can do. Do um, Ty Perkins and Barry Jackson work their way in as freshmen? I mean, the wide receiver room is wide open. Now, the problem is, I don't like that doesn't have a lot of experience going into their first season in the Big 12. And again, this is the hardship of a coaching change. You lose a bunch of players to the transfer portal or a moving on, and you don't know what you're going to get. I I am hopeful that guys that they did land in the transfer portal are going to work out, but it is going to be a massive rebuild of this position. I mean, there's not, I mean, outside of Wyatt Fisher, there is not a single receiver. And Justin doesn't even have Wyatt Fisher and his contributors. Uh, That's interesting to me. Um, And again, this is just, I mean, a target share projections. We'll go deeper into that um, this off season. I mean, he's just going to – I mean, he's a massive rebound. You don't know anybody on this team, I mean, right now. I mean, outside of Wyatt Fisher, there's not a single player returning this year who had a catch last year. I mean, that's not the most desirable of situations. All right, coming up, I'm going to rank the 15 transfers to transfer into Cincinnati so far this year. That's after we hear from two of our sponsors. All right, let's do it. 15 transfers have committed to Cincinnati. We're going to rank them right now, right here on Locked On. Bearcats, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've got 15 transfers. Let's start at the top with number 15, Rory Bell, walk-on kicker from Temple. I mean, how much – and by the way, I'm ranking these based on value. Not necessarily if they're the best player, but in terms of value they're going to bring to the team. How much can you really value a walk-on kicker? I ask you that with Rory Bell. Carter Brown, the kicker from Arizona State, number 14. Again, the kicker is important, as we found out in 2021, but just how important is it to you? Like, you got to ask yourself, are you so concerned about who the Bearcats land in the transfer portal in the kicking game that you put a lot of value in that? If you do, fine. I do not. Number 13, Jordan Young, brings depth at the cornerback position from Florida. Number 12, D.J. Taylor, cornerback from Arizona State. Comes from a passing, offensive-centric conference. Number 11, Joey Beljan, tight end transfer from Western Kentucky. Right now, the tight ends. you got Shaman Mateer, um, Justin Projects, Joey Beljan to be a starter, along with Peyton Singletary, Caleb Schmitz as a key contributor. So it, it does not hurt at all to have depth behind Mateer. I'm excited to see what he can bring. Dorian Jones, linebacker from Louisville a Scott Satterfield transfer, and someone who played under uh, Brian Brown and that great Louisville defense last year. He had three sacks. He will bring much-needed insurance to the linebacker room with Deshaun Pace and Jaheim Thomas already here. Uh, Daniel Greshik, number nine, defensive end linebacker, hybrid Utah State, Nevada transfer, huge piece. You need that edge rusher. I said it yesterday. Imagine if the Bearcats had another edge rusher to run opposite my Jay Sanders in 2021. That defense would have been even better than what it was. It was already a great defense. But just imagine if the Bearcats didn't go 3-3-5 and only had one edge rusher on the field and Sanders was getting double teamed every play. Now you would have had two and you couldn't double team them. You look at teams who have two edge rushers, if you look at what the Bengals are able to do with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, when you have two guys up front, that allows you more that allows more speed that allows another dimension. It's better for the offense. All right, let's move on to number 10. Or I'm sorry, number, uh, excuse me, number eight. I got the wide receivers, 8 through 5. Sterling Burkhalter from NC, North Carolina A&T. Dee Wiggins from Louisville. Keyshawn Helton from Florida State at 6. Wiggins at 7. Burkhalter at 8. And then Donovan Ali at 5. Somebody please help the wide receivers. I mean, it is an absolutely thin room at that position. Ali brings gradual experience. He's got, he got better every year at Washington state. D Wiggins has potential from when he played back in 2020 and 21 or 19. Uh, Keyshawn Helton at Florida state. We look at his numbers. Um, The fact that they were able to land three power five transfers from uh, at the wide receiver position, I think is huge for this program. Keyshawn Helton at Florida state. Uh, Last year, only only played in two games and registered very many stats. 2021 in 10 games, 18 catches, 278 yards, two touchdowns, averaged 15.4 yards per catch. He had three touchdowns in 2019, 17 catches, 239 yards in six games, 11 catches for 176 and a touchdown in 2018, six, uh 176 and a touchdown in 2018, and um, 20, uh, 20, 14 for 119 and a touchdown. So... That is, um, that is Keyshawn Helton for you. Uh, excited to see what he can do at this, with Cincinnati. Um, these wide receivers, uh, they they just need bodies right now. And ho- I mean, I hope to see when spring practice starts in just over a month, who's going to emerge. Uh, Phillip Wilder, number four from Southeast Missouri. Uh, Trevor Radicevich from Penn at number three. I mean, there's a massive rebuild coming at offensive line. Number two, I've got Emery Jones. Um, obviously a quarterback, that's important. Quarterback's the most important position in football. Um, dual threat experience in the power five. Again, that's going to help immensely with Scott Centerfield. Emory Jones only has one year of eligibility left. I think he's the most experienced right now. It is going to be interesting because last year, and we said this, last year, the Bearcats did not have a dual threat quarterback. And you saw their offense become very vanilla. The running game was not what it was. The passing game was good. It wasn't great. Um, Defenses, I mean, their offense became predictable. When Evan Prater was in there, it wasn't as predictable. Um, Desmond Ritter, you never knew what what was going to happen on offense if you were an opposing defense. The Bearcats need to start a dual-threat quarterback. Whether that's Emery Jones or not remains to be seen. But I like his upside. I like his dual-threat abilities. We saw what Malik Cunningham did at Louisville. I think Emory Jones can bring that to the Bearcats. His stats through his first, what, five seasons um, in college football, both at Florida and Arizona State. Emory Jones, uh, 2018 passing or passing yards, he had twenty seven thirty four uh in 13 games at Florida in 2021, completed 64.7 touchdowns, 13 picks, also that he had 759 rushing yards and four touchdowns last year at Arizona State only ran the ball or at 15. Didn't really run the ball a whole lot at Arizona State. That's interesting. 59 carries for 31 yards and four touchdowns. Must have taken a lot of sacks. Um, He had 1,533 yards passing at Arizona State last year, 62.8% completion percentage, seven touchdowns. Four picks, 33 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, total uh, over a 1,000 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns in his career. Number one, Luke Kandra. And I say that because if you watched the Bearcats last year, and I said this numerous times during the season, the Bearcats could not run the ball up the middle. The interior of the offensive line was simply not good enough. Yes, they lost Jake Renfro. Yes, Lorenz Metz didn't play a whole lot of the season. They could not run the ball. hopefully with the new running scheme that Tom Manning is going to bring, they don't have to rely on the running game up the middle. I I hope they don't because I don't think the interior of the offensive line is good enough. Luke Kendra can solidify. It. Luke is going to bring stability to the offensive line. He, I mean he should be a starter and he should enter the spring as a projected starter. I mean he's played guard with Louisville. And the fact he's a Cincinnati native, hometown hero, is going to help. When we talk about the most important positions on this roster, and we're going to do a show on that, I'm going to rank the most important positions on this team. Offensive line is number one, and Luke Kandra is that. Luke Kendra is the most important transfer the Bearcats have gotten this offseason. Later today, Russ Hellman joins me, At 1230 for a live room, if you happen to not be able to make it, that's okay. It'll be in podcast form for tomorrow's show. And then on Friday, we will look ahead to the Bearcats and the Houston Cougars on Saturday. The Bearcats facing the number three-ranked Houston Cougars badly in need of a signature win to potentially boost their NCAA tournament resume. So a lot more to get to to round out the week. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first Listen every day for your second listen. Check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. And email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. For lockdown On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Please stay safe and stay healthy so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day. I'm back with Russ Heltman later today at 1230. That'll be in podcast form tomorrow, right here on Locked On Bearcats.